0: Where is he where is he where's he been where is he is he ever gonna come back but tonight don't call it a comeback
1: I've been here for years I'm rocking my pants foot making the tears rain down like a monsoon. listen to the bass go boom explosion you
0: are listening to the as of yet no name podcast. Hey, what's up? You're listening to the As of Yet No Name Podcast. I am your host, Trey. You can follow me on Twitter at Trey9ER. the number And on the other end of the line today is Kyle Breitkreutz from 49ers Hub. You can follow them at 49ers Hub on Twitter. Kyle, what's up? How's it going? Well, you know, it's been a long time, but uh, people wanted me to come back, so I decided to come back and throw a little podcast together here. It's going to be definitely impromptu, but... Most of you, if you've been listening to me long enough, you know that's how I usually roll. Anyway, so if you want stats and information and specifics, uh, you know I like all that stuff too. But I typically don't have time, and I'm really not that interested in compiling all that stuff and talking about it. Um, I like to read it, uh, and you know I like I like that. But it's just kind of not what this show is all about. This is more about opinions and fun, and just kind of flying off the handle, off the cuff, whatever you want to say. So anyway, with that being said. Like I said, follow us on Twitter. Me at Trey the Number Nine E R. Follow Forty Niners Hub at Forty Niners Hub. And I know Kyle, you got one too. It's K- it's K Bright Kreitz Forty Nine, right? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that being said, the No Name Podcast, Trey Niner here. Let's talk about uh, our Forty ers this year, man. I mean, gosh, what a roller coaster of emotions from week one, and and <sighs> allowing ourselves to think that that was the team we were going to see all year, which was stupid on all of our parts. But uh, oh yeah. You know, and and you know, we said that that we knew that probably was uh, overreacting to one week. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I think the collective shock of the awful performance in week two kind of proved that we let ourselves believe a little bit of the hype, whether we said we did or not.
1: Exactly. And it's just, I mean, what part of it was game plan? What part was just like the Steelers just completely annihilating us? We won't really know. I think that the true... 49ers, we'll see, it will definitely be this week against Arizona, which is another really tough matchup. But, you know, it's just, I think that it was really frustrating this week, to be honest. And, it's like, I'd thought that, you know, things could be a little bit better. I think that one positive you could take from it is definitely Kaepernick with what he's done th- this last couple of weeks. I mean, first week he was more of a game manager, but this week definitely took a step up and actually looked like a better, more refined quarterback.
0: Yeah. And you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because the Steelers had a lead or what, but the, the, the only frustrating part is that it took until they were out to a 20 something point lead, you know, (laughs) for, for the offense to really start looking good. So I'm, I'm taking that with a grain of salt there too, but that's true. He definitely did see him go through his reads and step up and move in the pocket and not just take off. And, I've seen I've seen progression from Kaepernick. I mean, I think a lot of people are uh, either they bought into the hype that he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL or they they hate him so much that until he is (laughs) among the elite, then they're just going to continue to knock the guy. And so, you know, when I say that he's gotten better, that's not that I'm saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's coming for you, Mm -hmm. you know, or anything like that. It's just just what it is. He's gotten better, mm-hmm. you know. He looks yeah, like definitely. a better quarterback. Is he still going to have crappy games? Is he still going to make, make dumb decisions sometimes? Yeah, I mean, we all do. How how many how many of us say we've learned our lesson about something in, in our own lives and then, you know, we it's kind of like getting drunk and and being hung over and being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that again." And then <laughs> 6 months later, you know, you wake up and you're like, "I did it again," you know, or whatever. So, <laughs> stuff's going to happen, but He definitely looked a lot better. It was good to see Torrey Smith finally get a a long pass and get a touchdown. Finally connected with Vernon Davis on a a deep play, too. So, you know, there were encouraging things. Um, The offensive line, though, I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the offensive line and just how horrible. Overall, as a unit, they were horrible. And I I think that the offensive line and the secondary, you could pretty much talk about those two units in terms of why the game went so poorly. Exactly.
1: I just, uh, <laughs> I have no words for the offensive line. I thought, you know, I, like, I'm a big preacher of you need to build chemistry, you need to, like, mesh well together. This offensive line just has no- nothing there. Like, outside of the two positives, Joe Staley and Alex Boone, who didn't really even look that great against the Steelers, and then you have Marcus Martin, Eric Pierce, and Debbie, I think his name was, they just looked awful. And like I think that you definitely see that on film. You look at Carlos Hyde, who takes a stutter step when he has design runs to the right and then goes back to the left because he, it seems like he trusts that side more. And even though like there's a lane there that he could find a way through if he just goes straight at, the hole it just... Again, no words.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Piers is is really awful at right tackle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's – it, the thing that kind of starts to frustrate me, and I'm sure it frustrates other people too, is you start to wonder why did they think this was going to be okay? You know, yeah. like how, w- was he that much better in practice or was was it just a matter of, well, we don't really have a choice. It's too late and, you know, we just are where we are. I don't know. It just – it's frustrating. I know a lot of things go into, to you know, the way the cookie crumbles in the NFL, and, and mm-hmm. maybe they had their eyes on guys. Maybe they tried to get guys in there, and they got beat out by other teams or, or you know, they wanted to play in other places or, or whatever, yeah. you know. I don't know what went on behind closed doors, but all I know is that I pray to God that nobody looked at this unit, especially the right side, and thought, yeah, hey, this could really work. These guys could really be good because, I you know, like I said, I don't know what they could have shown in practice to not yeah. be showing that now, so the the big kind of question now is: Are these guys going to gel and get better at, and get you know as they get more cohesive and get time together, or mm-hmm. is it worth scrapping you know the 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 five we've got and mixing it up and putting new guys in there? Who they're probably going to struggle right off the bat too, and there's a reason why they they weren't the starters from day one. But you know, long term is a guy like uh, you know Trent Brown. Uh, or Brandon Thomas or one of those guys going to be able to, after th- two or three games, put together a better performance than what we're getting out of the right side right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we do forget that it seems like it's going to happen that Anthony Davis is going to come back next year. And maybe they're just like, oh, well let's fill the hole with someone, even though he's terrible and hope it works out until next year. And it just, I think that that's what they're more banking on is like, oh well, Anthony Davis will be back, so maybe just try to keep him out there, see what he can do. And yeah, but that, maybe that
0: that makes it seem like they don't they don't really expect to do much this year anyway. Yeah, you know? and I, and now I mean, I, <laughs> I don't see Jed York as a patient guy after the success they've had and after getting rid of Harbaugh for uh-huh. you know what amounted to to relatively petty stuff, you know. Uh-huh. So I can't imagine that he's like, well, we know we're not going to do well this year, but you know, oh, uh, but yeah. but a lot of people will argue that because they'll say he built the stadium already, you know, he's making money hand mm-hmm. over fist there and stuff. So yeah. so what does he care? But I don't know. I just would be disappointed if there if they they resign themselves to the fact that the team wasn't going to be that good this year, uh, yeah. you know, just to build it for next year. Of course, as I say that, if we were to win the Super Bowl next year, and I looked back and said, oh yeah, you know, that's the reason why is because you know, we made some sacrifices in year one, then of course I'm going to be like, that was genius, you know, but I yeah. have no guarantee that that's actually going to happen. So it's really exactly. hard for me to, to sit through that, you know? Yeah. So the secondary was the other thing that I thought, I mean, really everybody on the team for the most part, especially on defense looked like they were hungover or tired or something. something. I mean, it was just... <laughs> It was uncharacteristic. I mean, guys that, yeah. that have looked good their whole careers, or guys that have looked good, to, you know, in preseason in the first game of the year, th- their body movements weren't the same. I mean, it wasn't just a matter of oh, now you're finally seeing these guys for who they really are. They mm-hmm. looked stiff and they looked slow, and they just they didn't they didn't look like they knew what they were doing or wanted to do it. So yeah, I don't know. I hate to make the whole excuse, and I'm, I I would never say that the team, you know. It, it, can't win or, or is going to play bad because of it. But I start to wonder if the whole short week traveling east, early game combination there—that if that's uh, you know the killer combo that that kind of slowed them down and, and affected them. But I don't know. I, I just I'm, I'm grasping for reasons why. Because and then the other thing you know with the secondary is is why is Eric Mangini trying to bait Pittsburgh into thinking that we're playing run, especially after they they're beating us on on chunk plays over the top left and right why are we still doing that like in the second half i mean it's like it's like that's what you do when you dare somebody to check out of a run well when they checked out of a run it worked pretty damn well for them so why was that still going on i would rather yeah i would rather be playing back like you're playing cover two and let them try to run and allow your front seven to tackle like they always have it's kind of always been Mm -hmm. the mo of the defense and a lot of the personnel still there so i don't know the defense was bad The offense didn't help them by, you know, staying on the field. And there were a couple long drives that amounted in hardly any points. So it's not like the defense was gassed, but the offense didn't put up enough points to win the game. You can put it that way, too. So,
1: yeah, just ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah. I mean, the offense, the one thing that really bugged me was the like long drives, like you were mentioning. But then at the very like the first and goal or. Really close, like inside the 20 in the red zone, the penalties that just killed the drives. It was like Eric Pierce had a, gosh, was it a false start or a holding call and they went back 10, 15 yards and it was just like kept going back and back. And I was just like, well, there's when our points that we could have changed the game right then. And it just, it was frustrating. And then the defense, like you were mentioning, the secondary, I don't know why we were trying to play like this guy's playing run to to make him check out of it but I mean there was a lot of blown assignments Eric Reed looked really bad this game and usually he doesn't usually he's like the steady rock for the secondary but he had a lot of misassignments. but I mean again we were facing Antonio Brown and he's definitely in my mind I've always thought I've thought this for the last couple years that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now
0: yeah, the, but I mean, saying that, you're playing the, the best wide receiver in the NFL, and you know that, or one mm-hmm. of the best wide receivers, you know that that, that that he gets deep and that chunk plays are a big deal. So why not play, keep the ball in front, rally and tackle? You know, it used to be, with Vic Fangio and even back to Greg Minuski, that the 49ers were like a six and out defense, you know? Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to get you off the field in three plays. Of course, they would if they could, but it was more about we'll let you drive down the field a little bit but we're not going to let you go all the way down the field we're going to limit the big play we're going to make you kick field goals or punt the ball eventually so that should have been the strategy i feel like against antonio brown and the steelers with big ben and his uh you know his deep ball and everything so mm-hmm. it's just frustrating you know and yeah. we're not we're not coaches we're not in the nfl we can sit here and talk about the stuff like we know And maybe we're idiots, you know, I I don't know. It's just, that's what, what else do I have to go on than to watch this stuff and say, it's not working. We're sticking with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand the logic from the beginning. So
1: one of those, it was like one of the most worst games to watch in a while. Really. I mean, last game I could think of is Seattle back in, it was rough.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of the Denver game last year. Where that is true. That, that was the other game bad. where I pretty much turned it off in the third quarter because I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to watch this, no matter what. <laughs> it's it's, you know, if I if I am not watching, and tomorrow I learn that we made the greatest comeback, great, that's fine. Uh-huh. I'll rewatch it. You know, that's yeah. that's awesome. But I know if I watch it, that's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> exactly. Going to torture myself. So <laughs> anyway, looking ahead to Arizona, uh, Colin Kaepernick's four and one against Arizona in his career. Potentially having a uh, Mikey potty come back for them playing against his old team. Jim Thompson. had nice things to say about you potty today. Really everybody liked Mike and his family. And I know he was friends with a lot of people, not even on the, just on the team, but uh, people that, that live nearby and, and you know, he had made a lot of friends in the Bay. So I um, know no surprises that Jim Thompson had good things to say about him. Plus he's kind mm-hmm. of a, he's kind of a player's coach anyway. He gets along yeah. with those guys really well. So But, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether or not, uh, you know, Kaepernick can continue his dominance against Arizona, you know, and really the 49ers' dominance of Arizona, no matter how good or bad they've been, they've been able to pull it out. So, um, you know, they're a good team this year, though, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just hoping that that kind of stigma of they have a hard time beating the 49ers continues because this team needs to make a statement that last week was an anomaly because Mm -hmm. you had people – You had people lifting them up after one week and now you got people saying they're back down to earth and they never were any good. So, you know, maybe it seemed a little bit like that the last few years that they played best when they were the underdog mentality, you know, Uh and I, I think after that game in Minnesota, that was the typical even during the Harbaugh era, that was the kind of. The, the kind of game or the kind of momentum that you would see them drop a game after that, you know, when everybody was yeah. talking about them and, wow, they look really good. That's when they drop a stupid game. So hopefully they learned, you know, it's, it's early. You can lose several games in the beginning of the year and, 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 uh, you know, it's all about how you finish, but this is a big opportunity, division rival, Seattle's already struggling. You knock off Arizona uh, with the way the Rams are looking right now too. I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, we're in this thing but uh, yeah. the other news is that camp chancellor is returning to the Seahawks that whole thing is just a big stupid mess if you ask me um i you know everyone's like oh wow poor bears uh, how how is a guy who missed all of camp and and is going to practice all of about 2 days before the game going to make a humongous impact uh yeah. right off the street and not pull a hamstring or, or sprain an ankle or something mm-hmm. like that i watch watch me eat my words you know and i will have a great game but I, I think if I was zero two and Cam Chancellor was holding out, I probably would be, would be hoping and praying and 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 predicting that my team was going to turn it around when he came back. But uh, you know, uh, he, they've got bigger problems than just Cam Chancellor. So no, yeah, like I said, definitely. the the division is ripe for the taking right now, and uh, there's no reason why the 49ers can't be on top at least for the short term. So mm-hmm. um, big um, game in Arizona, big game.
1: Yeah, it's if they win this game, it completely flips the script of last week. It's almost like last week was more of a coaching game rather than a huge loss. I mean, you look at what could potentially be a two and one situation tied with Arizona in first place. And now all of a sudden, the whole entire year is completely uh, turned around because you look at, you know, that is a huge momentum shift. I mean, you look at all these things, like the, one of the biggest keys in my mind is, you know, the Carson Palmer hasn't been sacked yet. You look at, okay, well, who do they play? They played against Chicago and they played against the saints. And both those teams really don't have that grade of a pass rusher. And they really don't know how good their offensive line is yet. And Carson Palmer. Yeah. He gets the ball out quick, but once he gets, pressure in his face you know how is that going to look how is he going to look um I I was looking back at his career with the Cardinal uh, the throughout his career playing the 49ers and you look at well he's never won a game against the 49ers 2013 he lost both games and then with the Cincinnati Bengals he lost that one Uh, all of them looked like he had decent games but he at least threw I think pick in almost every one of them but it's just like i think that we match up well in the front seven compared to their offensive line you know mike Ayapati's coming back from injury we don't know how he's going to look we all know as 49er fans that he's pretty i mean not that great in pass protection he's more good uh, he's better at run blocking but pass yeah. protection
0: and pass rush was a huge problem against pittsburgh too when it when it yeah. looked really good against minnesota and i i really missed seeing jaquisky tart uh knifing up through the middle he, yeah he, i think he only played 11 snaps i read in the entire game Mm-mm. um it just looked like a totally different strategy and i know you can't do the same thing week in and week out but he, hindsight's 2020 looking back it's like well what if they did the same thing that they did to, uh, you know against minnesota because what they did didn't work you know yeah and and I feel like even if you're even if you're a little bit predictable if you're getting some pressure and forcing some bad decisions that can turn everything around I mean you can mm-hmm. you can give up play little play and intermediate play after play and then make them the offense make one mistake that gets you the ball back and it didn't matter none of that mattered then. exactly that's why yards is not a good determining factor of how good an offense or a defense is because mm-hmm. it doesn't always equal points so no. you know and that's I don't know. The jury's still out. Obviously, in so many ways, right now this is week two. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call it. Uh, you know, a doomed season. I'm not going to. Uh, you know, say that that the everything is is awful and this is what we should expect the rest of the year. And I'm also not gonna go the other way with it either. So exactly. And this is this is kind of the tough part of the schedule too. So you know, for those people that expected we were gonna go eight and eight or worse, well, then you're probably not that surprised that we're one and one right now. You know. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to see how it goes this week in Arizona. And like I said, division's ripe for the picking. And Kaepernick looks like he's playing better. Hopefully, we can get some of these guys back, like Reggie Bush and Bruce Ellington. um You know, it'll. Carlos Hyde's health is going to be another big factor too. They're, they've got to. I don't. Mike Davis did not look as good to me against Pittsburgh as he did in the preseason. And, I, and I, in saying that, I know that when you play in the preseason, you're playing against scrubs. But I mean. Again, just like I talked about with other guys in that Pittsburgh game, his his movements, his decisions, it just didn't look he didn't look like the same guy, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So but if he can't be the backup, then they've either got to play Jared Hain more or they've you know, they've got to find somebody else to come in and be the backup because. Carlos Hyde cannot he's tall he's a lot taller than Frank Gore was Mm -hmm. he runs relatively upright he can lower the pads when he needs to but for the most part he runs pretty upright um Mm -hmm. you know he's gonna take shots man you can't have him out there carrying the ball 30 times a game that's just that's not gonna fly Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things that they need to work on there's a lot of things that need to change and uh you know but at the same time there's a lot to look forward to but just kind of wanted to do a quick show here and uh you know shake off the rust Get some stuff out there about the 49ers right now through two games so kyle thanks for coming on i really appreciate it yeah um, thank you welcome yeah, back yep thanks <laughs> follow him at kbrightkrites49 or follow the 49ers hub at 49ers hub follow me on twitter at trey the number nine er this has been the as of yet no named podcast and we are out of here peace this has been the as of yet no name podcast Tune in next time for more idiotic ramblings.